this is Jen, and you're listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast. These bite-sized episodes are designed to get you up to speed and comfortable with Mage the Ascension rules and concepts. We read the books so you don't have to, though we do recommend it. Without further ado, welcome to Paradox. Welcome back to episode 6, What Goes Up Must Come Down, or A Deep Dive into the Forces Sphere. I am planning to do one of these episodes for each of the spheres, with the occasional transition into longer discussion episodes that may or may not be related. Today we're starting with one of my favorite spheres, but also one I believe is relatively simple to understand. That is, of course, the Sphere of Forces. M20 describes the sphere as one that commands energetic patterns, the kinetic elements that shape and channel earthly forces. Of course, what your mage believes will dictate exactly how they see their power work on those forces, whether god or the gods have given you the ability to manipulate air, or whether the device you built lets you harness electricity, or anything in between. When considering what forces to affect, think about both what you are trying to do and your environment. In order to create something from nothing, you will need the prime sphere and at least a point of quintessence. But if the force already exists around you, such as UV rays, radio waves, or wind, you will be able to affect it just with the sphere itself. It is important to keep in mind that this sphere affects both forces and the negation of those forces, and there are a variety of forces you may not think of off the cuff. For instance, I've mentioned UV rays, radio waves, and wind already. There are also the classics, like fire, light, kinetic energy, and gravity. You can target sound specifically, which is generally vibrations through the air, or lightning and other weather patterns. There's potential energy, radiation, heat or cold, earthquakes, or even magnetism or friction. Depending on your level of forces, you can perceive, direct, manipulate, expand, or banish these and other energies to cause or stop catastrophic damage or simply to eavesdrop on or intercept a conversation. However, there is also the difference between what constitutes a force versus something that may fall under another sphere. For instance, wind or air in motion would be a force, but air itself would probably fall under matter, particularly if it was air molecules. Water and earth technically fall under matter as well, but if you're affecting the forces running through them, like enhancing small vibrations to make them bigger, etc., then you don't need the matter sphere though you may need correspondence if you can't see or perceive what you're affecting, such as using deep earth vibrations to cause an earthquake. I've gone over the basics of sphere levels in other episodes, but I'm going to briefly reiterate them in terms of forces. One dot of forces is about perceptions, mostly sight and hearing, but in some cases you may be able to argue smell or even touch for things like vibrations. These are effects that are centered on you alone and therefore are not usually vulgar effects. Two dots of forces allows you to manipulate forces on a very minor level. You can enhance or dampen forces in a small area, adjust their flow slightly, or create shields. Three dots of forces allows greater manipulation of forces on a small scale, as well as transmuting or changing forces either into other forces or into other things by combining forces with other spheres. There's also the ability to create forces out of nothing by combining it with the prime sphere. Four dots of forces allows for controlling forces on a much bigger scale, such as with the weather. 
Five dots of forces is the mastery level where you can conjure large catastrophic forces, though controlling them may be more effort than you initially believe. Then, if your game runs long enough and your ST allows it, or if you're the ST and you want to look at Archmage antagonists, there are the Arc Sphere levels. These are covered in the Masters of the Art supplement, which, according to some mage fans on the internet, was a subpar supplement, so your mileage may vary. By the time a mage reaches Arite 6, they should be understanding magic on an interconnected level rather than on an individual pattern level. In terms of forces, this means understanding the unified force that contains the sum of all forces in the universe. Six Dots of Forces allows the mage to see the origins of forces, as well as their destinations, and to see the interactions between forces. Seven Dots of Forces allows the mage to move literal pieces of the earth, though they would still need correspondence or time in order to not be caught in the aftermath. Instead of working with individual forces, the mage is working with all forces that are acting on an object at once. Eight Dots of Forces allows the mage to move full realms, whether mage-made or static natural ones. As I have yet to go over the mage cosmology, for now just know that these realms are outside of Earth as we know it. Some realms map to planets we are familiar with, but other realms are obscure and mystical and only exist within the world of darkness. Nine Dots of Forces can basically change the nature of a universal force itself, such as altering how magnetism works. Or you can create an entirely new force. Certain effects are subject to historical inertia and will revert back to their normal state after a few turns, but others can last for longer given enough successes. There is no write-up for any sphere at the 10th level, because the idea is that if a mage reaches 10 dots of erite, that is when they ascend to whatever comes next. As with other aspects of mage, when you reach erite 4 and take a fourth dot in forces, you are able to take a specialty. This can be as simple as your character's favorite force, such as fire or anything that would fall under elements. Or it can be more generic, like weather, physics, or technology. Think about what your character has been using the Forces Sphere for, and that will help you decide on a specialty. Additionally, there is a mechanic that is important to note about Forces Magic. In M20, a Forces-based attack automatically inflicts an additional success of damage, so keep that in mind when planning your attacks. Let's talk about some of the things you can do with just the Forces Sphere. This is obviously not everything that you can do with the sphere, but hopefully it will provide ideas. I will also be keeping this limited to the first five levels, as that is what most people will be playing with, and there aren't any common effects or rotes that you can pick up with the arc sphere levels. With Forces 1, you can perceive heat signatures to see how many life forms are in a room, though you may pick up computers or other sources of heat. You can perceive the flow of air in a room to see if there's a secret door. See in the dark with the UV light spectrum. You can muffle your hearing or reduce the amount of light your eyes take in to protect from something like a flash grenade. You can tune your hearing to better hear sound waves or to hear different frequencies. You can improve your sense of smell to smell the ozone of an incoming storm. Or perceive distortions in light to see that someone or something is hidden. You can give yourself x-ray vision or turn invisible forces like kinetic or potential energies into visible forces, or you can sense whether a wire has electricity running through it. As discussed, forces too means being able to minorly manipulate and alter forces, so at this level, you can enhance sound waves to make a conversation louder or dampen them to make it harder to eavesdrop on. You can subtly shift sound waves 
to move in your direction in order to eavesdrop. Though be careful you don't accidentally exclude the people involved in the conversation, or they may wonder why the sound stopped. You can silence your footsteps, or create an entire field of silence around yourself, though then you won't be able to hear unless you have correspondence. You can bend light to create illusions, or to hide yourself from the visible light spectrum and become invisible, though again, by doing so, you're unable to see without correspondence. You can enhance or dampen the heat from a fire, or make the fire itself bigger or smaller, up to a point, anyway. You can enhance static electricity, enhance or weaken the strength of a magnet, though you have to have the magnet to do that. You can scratch an itch that you have. You can use telekinesis. You can increase or decrease kinetic energy, so in other words, speed up or slow down actions. You can create shields against various forces, the most common being kinetic energy to stop things like bullets or punches, a fire shield, or simply a heat or cold shield for extreme environments. But you can also do a radiation shield, or a bubble of wind to blow poisonous gases away from you. Or, technically, you could do a gravity shield, but while you may think that would result in basic levitation, and it could, it could very well result in being yote from the earth as you stop being affected by all gravity, depending on your erite role, so just be aware of possible consequences. Forces 3 is when the big changes can come into play, and possibly bigger consequences, particularly when you're playing with elemental forces bigger than your will. See, again, manipulating gravity. Other things you can do at this level include changing forces into other forces, my favorite being changing kinetic or potential energy into gravity and melding someone with the floor. But you can also change light into sound, or kinetic energy into inertia, or sound into kinetic energy and punch someone with a shout, Skyrim style. You can do everything from the level 2 list on a bigger scale, such as expanding an existing campfire into a raging inferno, with enough successes. You can enhance the damage on an attack or extend your shields to other people, though your storyteller may allow you to do that at level 2 with additional successes. You can also completely negate a force, change a positive current to a negative one, or turn light into darkness. Forces 4 is when the mage's range and power improve substantially, and they can accomplish things like controlling pre-existing weather patterns on a small scale, manipulating forces on a larger scale to hopefully invoke a change in weather, this will likely take a significant amount of time and several effects, if it's even possible. And again, doing the level 2 and 3 effects on a larger scale, or simply with more precision. Forces 5 is considered mastery of the sphere, though hopefully those who have reached this level understand the side effects their magic may have, or the paradox they may endure. At this level, your mage can create earthquakes. They can black out an entire city with enough successes. They can pull types of weather patterns together to create storms, or manipulate truly catastrophic forces such as hurricanes or tornadoes, or they could calm the tides. Forces gets even more powerful when you combine it with other spheres. You can add correspondence to boost its range, or to move the force in additional ways such as arcing electricity through multiple targets, or exploding a bullet inside the chamber of a gun. You can add mind and prime to create immersive illusions which seem real. You can add matter, life, spirit, or prime to transform forces into other things, like quintessence at prime 4, or fire into water, or transform other things like a full person with life 5 into sentient energy. You can add entropy to erode and degrade forces entirely. 
or one of the most basic combinations, add prime and use quintessence to create a force out of nothing. As you have probably gathered by all of those examples, forces magic can be extremely vulgar to cast. So what is a mage to do if they want to avoid paradox? For most forces effects, the answer comes in the form of manipulating and or observing the environment around you. Is there a fireplace a mage could throw something into to cause an explosion? Is there an electrical current running through some nearby wires that if a mage cuts the wire, they can cause sparks and potentially electrocute someone? Maybe you can say something before your effect goes off, such as, that gun looks a bit rusty, doesn't it, before it explodes, or that looks like a storm rolling in before lightning strikes, though that may be less effective at quelling paradox. You could also add elements to your environment, throw a banana peel or marbles to make it seem like an enemy completely losing friction is at least as natural as slapstick comedy, or take a lighter and some hairspray to create a flamethrower. Hell, you don't, almost don't even need to add forces to that one. The point is, be creative, and maybe you can reduce the amount of paradox your mage takes. Or don't, and accept the consequences of being a member of hashtag Team Arson. You've been listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast, and you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. If actual plays are up your alley, check out Dorktales on twitch.tv slash dorktales or youtube.com slash dorktales Find us on the Dorktales Discord server, or check out our website at dorktales.ca. We are currently streaming a Mage the Victorian era game on Saturdays. Our Patreon subscribers have early access to the Technocracy Zero Sum game, which is also starting to roll out on YouTube for the general public, and we have several Mage one-shots and a short-run chronicle called Breaking Tradition on YouTube. Additionally, we are starting to roll out our Mage the Victorian era game in podcast form. And as always, have all of our other amazing content. Thanks for listening, and remember to always keep your magic coincidental, unless it's Fireball. Fireball.